Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Wolves. My name is Alan Horton. You can follow me on Twitter at Wolves Radio at Locked On Wolves. Hope you had yourselves a great weekend. Guess what? It's finally here. Media Day is upon us, which means training camp starts tomorrow. And yeah, we don't have any games that mean anything until over a month away, but at least we've turned the corner. The offseason will be officially over. And the guys will get back to practice. They will have uh, a whole host of practices coming up this week. They'll go one big practice tomorrow. Then they got two days the next two days after that. And then it's uh, just off and running a couple of weeks here at home before the Wolves uh, head out. And they'll have one big fat road trip to encompass their six road games or at least six games away from Target Center to start the preseason. Then they'll finish things up at Target Center with a matchup against the Grizzlies on the 19th, and then they will take on the Charlotte Hornets on Friday the 21st. So we've got a, a lot of Timberwolves basketball coming up. I want to send out a huge thank you to all of you for listening last week. We put out, uh, well, we didn't quite get to five podcasts last week, but we got to four the the response has been overwhelming. All the listens, all the plays, all the downloads. Um, I can't say thank you enough. It's been uh, it's really been a lot of fun to kind of put that together. It's 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 you know you work so hard to put these broadcasts together on a nightly basis, and I put some notes out on Twitter. But this is a little bit more of a freer forum to kind of get some ideas and some thoughts, and to kind of let you behind the curtain a little bit of uh, see what's going on with Timberwolves basketball, um, and kind of get my insights from it, having traveled with this team for the last nine years and entering my 10th season. So again, I appreciate you all listening and uh, telling your friends and all that kind of good stuff. The, the, again, the listenership has been huge, and I, and I only think it's, things are going to grow, especially as this team begins to grow starting tomorrow. Well, one of the things we touched on on Friday was um, the power forward and center position. And obviously we started off talking about Kevin Garnett and his, um, well, the impending talks that the Wolves were having with him to kind of solidify things. Would he retire? Uh, would there be a buyout? It didn't take long for things to get settled. We thought it would happen over the weekend. I said it would happen, you know, before training camp or, or even before media day. But it, it took a lot sooner than that. Um, it was later that Friday afternoon that the Timberwolves announced that Kevin Garnett has retired after 21 years in the NBA, 13-plus of those with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team that drafted him back in 1995 with that number 5 overall pick. The first player drafted directly from high school since 1975, and, boy, KG did not disappoint. I mean, his his numbers and his um, records and stats speak for themselves. I mean, a nine-time All-NBA player, 12-time 
all-defensive team player, 15 times named an NBA All-Star. Of course, he won a title in 2008 with the Boston Celtics. He was named the league MVP in that 03-04 magical run with the Wolves to the Western Conference Finals. Named the Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA in 2008. Four times he was named the rebounding champ. And, of course, with 13-plus seasons played with the Timberwolves, it's no surprise that he leads the Wolves franchise in games played, minutes, points, rebounds, blocks, assists, steals, double-doubles, and triple-doubles as well. He finishes up his 21-year career, the only player in NBA history with 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists, 1,500 blocks, and 1,500 steals. Just a... um, a remarkable performance, and it's um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a little sad that it comes to the end, and 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 you won't hear, even though he was not where he was in his first stint with the Timberwolves, it was still incredible to have KG back and to have moments like this from last year that unfortunately we won't hear again. There's Ricky with a steal. Ricky leads the break, drops it back. Garnett up with the right hand, and the big ticket flushes it for two. Cats fired up. KG is fired up. Oh, the crowd loves it here. Oh, that was against Blake Griffin and the L.A. Clippers. You know, when you go back to last season, there weren't a lot of highlights, but uh, that one that one had to be up there. And if you're going to categorize maybe dunks of the year for the Timberwolves, uh, there's no question that that would be at the top of my list. Uh, that, that dunk brought the house down. And, you know, the favorite part, my favorite part of that dunk was – the reaction to Carl Anthony Towns, who I don't believe had anything to do with that play. He may have grabbed the defensive rebound, but I, I think the ball scored it out to Rubio. And KG, I mean, a catch just running the floor. And when you look at the slow-mo replays and they show you all the angles, in each one, Cat is just going berserk. I mean, he's screaming, he's throwing his fists in the air, he's pumped up. It was just, um, it was incredible. And, you know, he, it, KG picked up a technical on that and you know, I'm almost glad he did in the sense that at least that got to stop play for a moment and, and the fans were just going berserk. It's almost as if that gave the um, the team and the fans a chance to celebrate that moment because had he not picked up the tee, Clippers would have just him out of the ball raced, uh started to go back down to the other end of the floor. So um, that was certainly one of one of the very fun moments um, during KG's career, and that's the way it sounded on our, ra- our radio flagship, 830-WCCO, and all across the Timberwolves radio network. Another fun night, of course, was the night he returned to Target Center after the deal from uh, that brought him back from Brooklyn. That first game he played back at Target Center against the Washington Wizards. Um, you know, I tweeted out the opening of that game. That was just absolutely electric during the, um, during the uh, starting lineups and the announcements of the crowd and the video they played. Um, and then the Jiggly Boy skit that they had uh, later in that game, it was just, it was absolutely awesome. I, Washington did not stand a chance that first, that uh, that particular night. Uh, but KG, just incredible. And, you know, I talked on Friday about, you know, even in a limited role, this guy just knows the game so well, he can still have an impact. But um, I think it was just, I think what it came down to is that, you know, his body just would not be able to support him playing even close to a full season in the NBA. You just, you know, the number of games that he has played 68, 54, 47, 38 games last year. Those are over the last four years. So the number of games going down the minutes per game over the last five years, 31 minutes a game to 30 to 21 to 20, and then to 15 minutes last season and 
if if the body can't do it, the mind wants to, but the body can't do it. It's just not going to. Uh, you're not going to. You're not going to defeat Father Time. I think it was unrealistic to expect that. You know, after not playing in a game after January 23rd last year, that he was going to be able to come back and and all of a sudden play 50 games and and play give you 20, 25 minutes. It just wasn't going to happen. And I think one of the uh, you know this got talked about a lot over the weekend. And I think um, you know we touched on this on on Friday about the importance of having roster spots available. If you're not going to be able to count on KG, and obviously with Pekovic now officially being out, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're playing shorthanded against most teams. You're down to 13 players on your roster, and if you don't have a lot, you know, maybe maybe you don't have a lot of confidence in the end of your bench and those 13 and 12 guys on the roster, and then basically you're down to, to 11. So I think that played a role in it. And I think here's the other thing. You know, KG was brought back under Flip Saunders and, by extension, uh, Sam Mitchell last year. Now, would Flip Saunders and Sam Mitchell want to bring KG back in a limited role and still have his presence and have his voice, um, that's that might be the thing that they wanted to do as a head coach. But Tom Thibodeau is a different type of coach. He's had an awful lot of success doing things his way, and that might not be his way. And even though he knows KG extremely well, even though he knows the impact that KG can have, even in a limited role, that just might not be how he wants to bring this team and, and and move this team going forward. So that might not be the same kind of match as it would be under Flip Saunders or Sam Mitchell. So it's sad to say it's the end for Kevin Garnett. Um, I tell you what, you know, even in a year plus that he was with the Timberwolves, he didn't miss a road trip. He may not have played a whole lot, just 38 games last season. But, you know, he was still with the team day in and day out. And, you know, KG doesn't do a lot of interviews, and I didn't have a ton of interaction with him. But I tell you, I'll I'll share one story, and uh, I felt like a kid in the candy store after 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 this happened. But I believe it was I, I'm not even sure whether it was the beginning of uh, last season or the end of the prior season. But we're in Portland, and when we finish up a West Coast road trip, um, we will spend the night and then leave for Minneapolis the next morning. And the next morning. The basketball staff and the broadcast team will be on a first bus that gets to the airport, gets on the plane, gets through security and all that kind of stuff so that when the players come and the coaches come on the second bus, they can quickly get on the plane and boom, we're ready to go. So first bus is uh, and, and the players have been separated for from us from a number of years. They take the second bus. They get more time to rest, sleep in, do whatever they want in the morning and I'm sitting on the first bus. I go right to the back, and I, I kind of carve out a, a seat in the back where I where I normally sit. And I'm sitting there. I've got my headphones on. I'm listening to something or, you know, checking my phone. And all of a sudden, Kevin Garnett gets on the bus. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why KG's on this bus. And then think, well, you know, KG can kind of do whatever he wants. There have been some other instances where players got on a bus, and, and, and the security staff has asked them to say or the – Guys will say, "Hey, no, you need to be on the second bus." But this is Kevin Garnett. I mean, he's 21 years in. He's not. He's not. You. Nobody's going up to him to tell him you can't ride this bus. So I just got to put my head back down as I as I think this all out in my mind. And then I think, "Uh oh, where's he headed? He's coming back on the bus." I go, "I'm probably sitting in KG's seat right now. It's the back of the bus. That's normally where the key spot is. I'm sitting in KG's seat. I am." I'm going to be in big trouble here. So I kind of I, I, I look my eyes up a little bit. He's still coming. I put my head back down. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I look back up. He's still coming. He's still coming. He chooses the seat a row in front of me, but to the other side. And he kind of stops, sees me, and he gives me a little tap on the knee. He says, what's up, money? And then he sits down. 
and then he puts on his headset and he's he's off you know in his own in his own world so i got a what's up money out of kg which which is um you know he he knows some people's names he he he'll, he'll he's got a recognition he knows who i was he couldn't you know you couldn't pay him to f- tell me my name but i got a what's up money out of him and it was just it, you know it's just a great feeling he is just He's just got this amazing persona, this um, charisma around him. I mean, he's six foot eleven. He's mean. He's lean, but he's got this great smile. You hear him laugh. He's talking all the time. He's just such a dynamic personality, and uh, it's just it's different. I don't. I'm not sure there's another athlete I've been around that's had that kind of presence that Kevin Garnett does. And I and I traveled the NFL for seven eight years with the San Diego Chargers been around the college basketball game college football game uh, major league baseball as well but i don't think i'd put anybody up there with uh with kevin garnett so that's my kg story i know it didn't have much of a ending but i tell you what it was just uh you know he'd, he'd give you a little head nod once in a while and i did get one other what's up money so i got a couple of those banked and uh very proud of that very proud of that so kg we will miss you and we talked friday about the impact he did have not only on the court but there's no question he had an impact on this team like Flip Saunders thought he would, off the court. Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Ricky Rubio, all those guys. It was fun Friday night just to watch these guys uh, tweet about him, see all the videos about KG, and really give KG his proper due. The Instagram that KG had on his account was, I thought, just perfect. I mean, it was just, it was so good. So good. You always want to leave him wanting more, and that left you wanting more. It was great. Kevin Garnett. Uh, 21 years, surefire Hall of Famer, and of course, now he'll have the chance to go into the uh, Hall of Fame with the likes of Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. How good will that be in 2020? Uh, the other big piece of news was that Nikola Pekovic will not play this season. That was confirmed by Glenn Taylor. He was on uh, our flagship station, 830 WCCO, with Chad Hartman on Friday. And uh, Peck is going to be out, you know, just recurring ankle issues and I said last week that you, you kind of hope for the best, but you kind of expect the worst and you have to plan for that. And unfortunately, that's the case. And, you know, with both Pekovic and KG being decided before training camp starts, I think that's big. I think that's important. I don't think that's a coincidence either. I think, um, you know, just knowing a little bit about Tom Thibodeau and the way he's going about things, he wants things organized, structured, not a lot of distractions, just wants things settled without questions kind of hanging in the air, especially when it's concerning two big guys, K- KG and, and uh, Pekovic. So Peck just 12 games last season. You know, over the last, uh, he had that great run to start the 13-14 season. 44 games he played. The first 44 games he played them all. He averaged 18 points, 9 rebounds, 53% shooting, had 22 double-doubles during that stretch, and he was having highlights like this on a nightly basis. Here's Rubio, crosses over on Jackson, stops, open from 14, the jumper, no good. Tip follow, yes, Pekovic! 31 for the big man. Now inside to Peck at the dotted line, he'll run it up, off last time, and he got fouled! What a finish for Nikola Pekovic, just muscling his way to the rim. On the right side, Rubio back to Love at the left angle. They set up Peck inside. Peck with a power dribble up with the right hand. Scored for two. Nikola Pekovic, a career high, 34 points, 114-112. And that's the way it sounded in our flagship, 830 WCCO and all across the Timberwolves radio network. Peck was just a beast. Man, that was fun. And, and to have seen where he came from, trying to adjust from the European game to the NBA game, 
back in the uh, 10-11 season. There were times early on under Rick Adelman when he stepped on the floor. Actually, that was under Kurt Rambis. Uh, he stepped on the floor, and they whistled him for two personal fouls. It was incredible the rate at which Peck uh, drew fouls and had to learn how to use his body in this NBA game, had to learn to get the respect of the referees, and they had to learn how he played. But to see him grow into that you know, that three-year stretch, 11-12, 12-13, 13-14, he essentially averaged 15 points, nine rebounds, 53% shooting, and a, a whole host of double-doubles during that stretch. But then it was it was just downhill after that, and after that 44-game run in 13-14, in he missed the 149 of the next 202 games. 149 out of 202. That's 74% over the last two and a half seasons. And so uh, it will be, uh, it will be uh, sorely missed if Pat can't get back out there on the floor. Obviously it won't be for this year, and it might be for his career. But I think the Wolves can, um, you know, as Glenn Taylor said, I think they'll just kind of wait and see. His $12 million salary this year, partially covered by insurance. Finally, those premiums pay off in a big way. They certainly can. That's why you have insurance. But he's also due $11.6 million next year. There's really no reason to cut him, stretch his contract, anything like that. This year, the Wolves are still under the salary cap floor, which you must spend. It's 90% of the salary cap, and uh, the penalty for it is not great. If you do, do not spend to the salary cap floor, whatever you do spend, that difference is then just distributed amongst the players on the roster and there were a couple of teams last year their players got some extra money because the teams did not hit the salary cap floor um, the wolves are still 12 minute 12 million beneath the salary cap so there's really the the money is not an issue a lot of people think that you know he's hurt uh, that money doesn't count against the salary cap it does it's guaranteed and his 11.6 also next year will be uh, will be guaranteed so and, and when people use the term buyout I always think of a buyout as a team and a player coming to a negotiated reduction of their contract. But in the case of Kevin Garnett, that didn't happen. And in the case of Pekovic, that's not going to happen. Why would Peck take anything less than what he is collectively bargained and signed on his contract to get? And, you know, everybody kind of freaks out $12 million. Even my son, who was just like, wow, $12 million. He gets all that for being hurt, doesn't even get to play. You know, you have to remember that these guys are have a collectively bargained deal. Their contracts are guaranteed, and they're hurt on the job. It's not like Peck went off and did something crazy and hurt his foot. Um, no, he got hurt at work. So it's a lot of money, yes, but it happens. That's the risk teams take, and it's the risk that players often take when they don't sign long-term deals and they end up getting hurt, and then they don't have that guaranteed money. So it, it works both ways, and we'll see how the um, – you know, I'm sure the Timberwolves, if they if they need to work some cap room next year, they could cut him and then um, and then stretch his salary if they needed to, or you may need it. And who knows what kind of possibilities are out there? But uh, certainly nothing imminent as far as Peck goes with the roster. But that's uh, that's a sad sad um, note there that both KG retiring and then Peck out for the season. Before we go any further, there are a couple of news and notes for the Wolves that we'll get to here in our next segment, but I want to remind you, Media Day coming up later today, WCCO Radio, 830-WCCO. Mike Max will be broadcasting live 12-3 to 3 on our flagship. I'll be joining him for a portion of that. We'll also have players coming through, uh, so it'll be a lot of interviews, a lot of Timberwolves talk. He'll be filling in for Chad Hartman tomorrow at Media Day for the Wolves, uh, I should say today. I, I taped this the night before, and so I, I often say uh, tomorrow, but I mean today, 12-3. to 3. Also, Across town, 
Cirque du Soleil's in town, which means Target Center is booked, which means the Lynx are playing their first two playoff games on the road across town at XL Energy Center. They will take on the Phoenix Mercury, the disappointing Mercury who kind of sandbagged the season. They went 16-18. and 18. They could never get on track, even though the last time they had Diana Taurasi, they were the champs two years ago. They didn't have Diana Taurasi last year. The Lynx won the title, and now these two behemoths will match up again in the semifinals. Wednesday and Friday, home games for the Lynx and Mercury. we got to pack the X. we got to pack the X. This is big right here. Minnesota and Phoenix, best of five game series. Go to lynxbasketball.com. Get all your ticket information there. Hey, it'll be fun to go see uh, Target Center is home, and there's a home court advantage there. The Lynx have to translate that to the XL Energy Center and LynxBasketball.com. All right, a couple of news and notes before we wrap things up, and we'll. Uh, I want to get you some sound from what happened at Media Day later today. This will be the first chance that the players and Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden uh, will have spoken publicly um, to the media, and we'll, we'll kind of find out some news and notes, some nuggets not oftentimes uh, you pull out some things from, from what these guys say. And what we'll do is we'll play back some sound and let you get a chance to hear from these guys directly. And then I'll kind of talk around that and give you my thoughts on uh, on the proceedings. And that'll be coming up on tomorrow's show. But, you know, on Sunday night, the Wolves PR staff was very busy. Wow, big news coming out. They had the official Pekovich out for the season, and they announced all of the coaching staff in front office hires and reshuffling that they've done under Scott Layden and Tom Thibodeau. And we, we could go through it all, but the, there's just a couple of points I want to make. The assistant coaches I thought was interesting. No surprise that a couple of guys that were on Tibbs' staff in Chicago are now assistants for the Timberwolves. Rick Brunson, nine years in the NBA, a couple of years with Tibbs in Chicago. He is your new assistant coach. Andy Greer, who was in Toronto last season under Dwayne Casey, he spent five years under Tibbs in Chicago. Both those gentlemen joined Tibbs here in his second head coaching stint with the Wolves. Ryan Saunders, of course, will stay on the staff as an assistant coach. He led the summer league team. He's been all around the Wolves um, this summer, whether it's leading camps or the summer caravan uh, Ryan Saunders back as head coach. Player development coach Vince Lagarza. Last year was his first year with Minnesota. He works well with the players. He has a good rapport with the players. I'm glad to see that Vince is back for another season. Good dude, dialed in, focused. And you, you have to be able to have a good rapport with these guys to make them work. And, and, and Vince is the guy that gets the call if someone wants to go shoot at, uh, you know, whether it's 1 a.m. or 7 a.m. Shooting coach. Peter Patton, I thought this was a really interesting hire. I had not heard of of, uh, Peter Patton, but he's a um, former college player at DePaul. He's been working with uh, Chip Engelin, the guru for the shooting coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Without question, recognized as the best shooting coach, I think, um, not only in the NBA, but maybe in the world. Uh, Chip Engelin has uh, turned Tony Parker into an uh, incredible player. And also Kawhi Leonard, he's known for turning his shot around. Kawhi Leonard was a guy who couldn't shoot 30% from three in college, and all of a sudden he's shooting close to 40% um, in his time in the NBA. And those are just two small examples of what Chip Englund has been able to do in San Antonio. But Peter Patton uh, first worked with Englund when he was at DePaul in the mid-'90s. So he's known Chip a long time, worked a lot of camps with him. Patton has started a – he's already got his own shooting clinic that he's done. And if he can just have a portion of the success that his mentor, Chip Englund, has had in San Antonio, I think the Wolves are in really good shape there. 
Um, so those are the notes I wanted to hit. Now, you notice I only mentioned three assistant coaches. Um, they're, they're, I'd be hard-pressed to name any team in the NBA that doesn't have at least four assistant coaches. And it was interesting because this summer, Ed Pinckney, former coach here in Minnesota for three years, from 07 to 2010, spent all five years with Tibbs in Chicago and then spent last year in Denver. Well, he resigned as the lead assistant on Mike Malone's staff in July, and the thought was that he would join Tibbs here in Minnesota, but nothing announced yesterday, and I, I think we'll kind of have to wait and see about a fourth assistant that would be named, and and I would think that fourth assistant might be the lead assistant. So Ed Pinckney is still out there. Ed is a, a fantastic individual, of course, was here for three years, made a real impact, of course, a standout at Villanova, all the success he had there. So we'll have to see if he's the final piece of the puzzle of Tom Thibodeau's coaching staff. So those are your news and notes. Uh, we talked KG, we talked Peck, we got the coaching staff intact, and we got Media Day coming up later today. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Wolves. Follow me on Twitter at Wolves Radio at Locked on Wolves. This has been the Locked on Wolves podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.